This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you know you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, unlike the Owls, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So there's only one thing left to say. What's everybody having? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means you'll get some tasty rewards later on. And between you and me, if you order just before kickoff, you can get it just in time for half time. But I've not told you that. Only via the app at participating restaurants, 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery free and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. See you later. The Wednesday week. It's blue, it's white, it's effing dynamite. Good evening, everyone, and a very warm welcome to the Wednesday Week podcast. We are doing a pre-season review for the illustrious 2021 season. It feels like a lifetime to go, but it's actually only a few days. And we've actually not been away that long, when you think about it. Um so with me on the line tonight, I have a few chaps to talk to. Um, I am, of course, your token woman this evening. Uh, later on in the week, Holly will be your token woman. And there we go. Um, so with me on the line, I have apparently in his pants, Mr. Daniel Fudge. How are you doing, mate? Uh, yeah, I've uh, got the fan on and uh, things are starting to constrict. So, uh, you know, enjoy oh, that. God. Think of that. Think of that while I'm coming in your ears. Oh, <laughs> the worst thing is I can actually see you, but thankfully not your pants. <laughs> and also on the line, we've got Alex Miller from the Sheffield Star. Good evening, Alex. Hello, Vic. Hello, guys. How are we doing? Hello. You're all right. Thank you. Uh, don't do any sort of transcripts of this and rip it off as your own article, yeah? I've still got it. I've still got the evidence. <laughs> that blew up on Al's talk. I was like, fucking hell, man. It was a joke. I didn't see um, it on Al's talk. I did, I did wonder if Matt Hampshire was going to be sat here when I, uh, when I opened it. <laughs> we should have got him on show. A full inquiry like, in front of the listening public. Yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be as weird as the time when I logged on and Sean McAllister was just sat there half an hour before the podcast, just waiting. <laughs> We've also got Ben Woodcock on the line, the baby of the podcast, who occasionally drops the odd Ben word. How are you, Ben? I'm good, thank you. Are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Are you looking forward to the new season? No, no. Not, not really. Not, not while we can't go. No. no. Well, just in general, really, isn't it? Let's be honest. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and then live from South Africa right now, he's still not back. It's Mr. Joe Cran from the Sheffield Star. Hello, I'm getting Joe. there. I'm getting there. It's just a few days <laughs> now. Edging ever so closer <laughs> by the minute. Well, obviously, we'll have a bit of a chat to you about your new role because 
you're no longer just a friend of the pod now. You're just like some Sheffield superstar. You're no longer South Africa's Jeff Stelling. You are now Dom Housen. So if there was ever a glow up, my friends, <laughs> that they, did, they did not put some pressure on me when they put, put me on the front cover of the star. I mean, I was, they were like, yeah, you can, we're going to introduce you and stuff. And then I saw, oh, yeah, we, we put you on the cover. I was like, oh, okay. Is this, is this how we introduce? Is this how we introduce me now? <laughs> so, I never got that. I had like 10 bylines, the bastards. Like, <laughs> what is this? And then I, last but not least, everybody's favorite should be on page three of the start. Mr. Steve Spence, good evening. Good evening. How are you? I'm all right, thank you. Housewives favourite. We have now found out during lockdown that Steve has quite a loyal following of female supporters who literally, one girl is a blade, has had a season ticket for 30 years and only watched our podcast to look at Steve. And you converted to Steve. They work in the same circles, so that's that's good for them. I'll tell you what, uh, I'm, going to get, I'm going to get a complex about this. I was the one that used to live furthest away and Joe's turned up. And then, I, you know, I used to be the youngest and bloody Ben turned up. I used to be the good looking one and all and bloody Steve's turned up. I'm like the granddad of the bloody podcast now, aren't I? That's, doc, that's Dr. Simon. Um, yeah, fair, yeah. <laughs> you are also never the good looking one. Uh, guys, yeah, we're going to talk about new <laughs> I love the fact that I can see your reaction. We're going to talk about new signings. Um, so, Ben, I'll come to you first. Um, first signing of the season, bit of a shocker, um, but I think we've got a bigger shocker coming up later on. Fisayo Deli Basharu, have I said that right? I don't think you're far off with that, to be honest. It's all right. It's like Nahui, isn't it? So, obviously, he's only 19. He's brethren, really, for you, fam. Like, you can just be best buds. You can go around <laughs> on your heelies together, can't you? Um, obviously, we've signed him on an undisclosed fee uh, with the attention to get him to break through into the first team. What do you make of him as a signing overall? I think it's got a lot of potential to it. I mean, obviously, we brought him in as Monk say. Hopefully, it'll be a breakthrough season, but I think it'll be more than that. I think he'll, as well as breaking through, I think he's going to be pushing Alex Hunt on as well because the, the, the two of them are probably going to be competing for the one final spot in midfield alongside Barry Bannon and Luongo for the most part, I'd imagine. Um, I'm impressed with him that he doesn't just want to sit in City's reserves and 23s for another year or two, which he could quite easily do. That's what most 19-year-olds would do. They're getting pampered at City with the facilities that they got there. Um, much like his brother, he's, he's going out to try and get you know, more experience in, as a first-team player. And three weeks into that, He's already made his debut. I, I think he did it all right. Nothing extraordinary, but all right. Um, but a, a lot for him to, to build off and improve on. So, obviously, you're saying that about him, he could have sat in their reserves. And obviously, we've talked a lot about that in the past with different, especially goalkeepers who've sat on benches for most of their career. But obviously, the fact that we've actually signed him, does that... Does that put a bit of a negative slant on it a bit? or Because obviously with people who we're going to come to later, like Isaiah Brown, obviously he is one of those players like Premier League teams sign people to loan them out, don't they, a lot of the time. It's just like having a rental property, if you like. Um, that's when you buy a house, Ben, and then you let it out to other people. One day, no, one no day, Mark. He will never know. When you're on the front cover of the star as the new Joe Cran, you'll know. <laughs> so does that does that put a bit of a negative on it or do you think that that's something that obviously we've got quite a good relationship with Man City do you think it was probably just a deal that was agreed with top ends of the club 
Um, I don't think it's a negative at all. I think if if he does well, he's our player, and we can be modelling ourselves more on what Brentford are, are doing, buying young players that have got potential and selling them on for a lot more. And I think that this sign has been a sign of a new era, a transfer business, and a much more positive era, a transfer business that we're not buying a Jordan Road, <laughs> that that we're not going to be. Uh, getting any money from in the future hopefully if he does well which I think he will he's going to have a sell on value so yeah, I only see it as a positive really as long as he doesn't find religion and leave football because we do tend to have some sort of link there as well uh, Joe I'm going to come to you now um, but before I just go into it I just want to go with the full name situation here so Sheffield Wednesday have also signed Cheyenne Armani Keanu Roma Dunkler, right? And my family's name, uh, like maiden name is Dunkley, and I am quite concerned that Armani Keanu already exists in our family in Shire Green. So, <laughs> <laughs> that is I, a very Sheffield name, isn't it? Armani it? Keanu. Come Armani on, Armani Keanu. Come, 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 come and talk to your mates. Uh, what, what's them? Oh, they're, they're, this one's called, you know, Florence and, and, uh, Shannon. and Fuchsia. There's always a Shannon. <laughs> so obviously we've gone in like the vultures that we are we've headed over to Wigan and we've picked them apart like clubs do and come away with Che Dunkley um, 28 years old played 107 league games uh, over three seasons scored in 13 of those over three years what what do you think to him as a signing Joe as a what? professional journalist in Sheffield and as a Sheffield Wednesday fan yeah, I think you flatter me too much. The fan bit's right. Professional journalist, I, I'm just just plodding along, really. Um, but no, I, I I think it's a really good sign. And I think um, aside from his actual ability, you know, he's he's he's, he's very highly rated. He, he comes from Wigan, and there's a lot of a lot of people got a lot of good things to say about about Shea. But also from a personality perspective, I think that is the thing that that makes him stick out from from the people I've spoken to. I, I spoke to Dom Iorfer about him. And Dom, Dom says they've known each other a while because Cachet's from, from Wolverhampton and obviously Dom came through the through the ranks there. And um, yeah, he says he's really loud. That was his, his when I asked him what it was like, he said he's, he's a really loud lad. Um, and obviously there's been talk about him stepping up in this this team meeting that they've had. And for a new signing to do that, I think says a lot about him. Um, I was just going to oh, say that. I don't know if it was yourself or Alex that wrote that article that was saying that he was the first person that put his hand up and asked a question and sort of made his stamp on the meeting that is I mean we th I thought he was a lot younger than 28 to be honest but he that is something that takes balls doesn't it really yeah yeah it was Alex did the story and I, I agree I think I think it says a lot about a person um and I think look this this is probably a, a sweeping statement for everybody who signs for Sheffield Wednesday this season that the fact that they are willing to come in given everything that's happening given the whole situation you know the fact that they are willing to sign contracts with Wednesday, knowing that they're coming into a club that is, in all likelihood, going to be facing relegation um, because of the twelve-point deduction, um, I think it is a it's a really good personality sign. You know, it's a it's a it's a it's something that, that really sticks out about a footballer. And I think with with Shea, you know, obviously you you can't judge people based on their you know their social media alone, but he 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 really comes across as as quite a character. You know, he comes across as a as, as a real personality and I think that is probably something that, that Wednesday have lacked a little bit you know these these real sort of characters and um, 
the fact that he, he was so willing to step up and say, you know, I want to be part of this. I want to be part of, the, of changing the, the culture at this football club. I, I think that's great. And look, the only downside to Shea is that he's obviously coming in on the back of a, of a really bad injury, a double leg break back in, in February, which is always a risk. Um, but if I'm not wrong, I think he's got a, I think he majored in, in sports science. So if anyone knows how to come back from a double leg break, um, someone who's actually studied sports science is, <laughs> is probably pretty high up on that list. But I'm, I'm really excited to see what he can, what he can do. And I think he brings a lot of physicality to the party as well. Dom, Dom also said that they might have a little bet on who can get the most goals this season. So, if they can get, you know, double figures each, I'd be really happy with that. <laughs> if they can rope Jordan Rhodes into it too, that'd be great. Uh, is that <laughs> so? If the double leg break, then Ben, didn't you spot on like the Instagram story that he got pretty much two knees on one leg? Yeah, it, it were on um, when we were doing his initiation song, and I think it was Barry Bannon's video, or it might have been Iofa's. It were on his shin, and it did look like he got two knees. So yeah, it, it, obviously it's, it's that leg break. But... <laughs> <laughs> just to go on what Joe said about him being a, a character, I think, as Joe said, we, we've missed it since Samido left and since Leuven's left. They were the big two that, that drove the team forward in the playoff years, really. And I think since those two left, <laughs> there's been a, a big void that's needed to be filled. I know that Barry Bannon, you see it on, on the pitch and stuff, but he's probably the only one that I'd be inspired by from from what I've seen as a as a leader. Um Tom Lee has obviously been captain and that's obviously changed now with Barry Bannon uh coming in instead of him. But as as we've mentioned, I think Shea Dunkley will fill that void that probably Leuvens and Samido left us with. I'd agree with that. Dan Fudge, at some point I have to come to you. Uh, so we've also signed Izzy Brown, Isaiah Brown from yep. Chelsea, uh, yep. which is very exciting. Season-long loan, like I said, a bit of a rental property for them. He spent last year at Luton Town, um, helped them avoid relegation. Can he do the same for us? Absolutely. I think it's a great signing. I think we've got a few in here that, that aren't too bad. I think um, it was, <clears throat> well, excuse me, um, probably about two or three seasons ago, I remember in one of the, uh, you know, the famous um, fans' forums that... Uh, that Chinsiri has with the uh, with the fans. He was saying that we, you know we we went for it, we spent this money, we went for it, and now we're going to go through a lean a lean two or three years, which which we knew was going to happen. We you know we we knew it was coming. However, when it does happen and we're twelve points adrift before a football's been kicked, you sit there and think, "Sweet child of mine, this is going to be a long season." And, and I, but to sign the players we have and a Chelsea player being in the middle of it is, is actually really impressive. I, I, I think Izzy Brown is, um, no, it's an absolutely outstanding sign. I think he's, uh, he's robust. He's, uh, he's also lively. And I think he's, you know, he, he needs to come to terms with the fact that his air's going, um, you know what I mean? But, uh, <laughs> I can see you all laughing on mute. That's really weird. But yeah, he needs to come to terms oh, with that. But is he 23 as well, by the way? Oh, Jesus, is he? Oh, bless yeah, him. He's he's going. Yeah, he's not very old to be losing it. <laughs> <laughs> he just needs to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I think he's meant. Sorry, Vic, well, you were talking now, and I uh, I couldn't um, I couldn't hear you. Can you hear me now? No, I can't. I can't hear you, Vic. Sorry, darling. Uh, I think I think you've gone. Uh, but I will I will vamp for a short amount of time. But yeah, I. Uh, I, I think that Izzy Brown is a is a huge signing. 
uh, re really very good one. And uh, and the Fazeo one, uh, you likened it earlier on, Vic, to um, to the one similar to Jeremy Halan, which again was a proper signing. And we don't normally get them. It's normally somebody like like on a free transfer or somebody at the back end of their um, back end of their uh, career and all the rest of it. Uh, sorry about that, ladies and gentlemen. Ben's having a wasp attack. By the got a daddy long legs in. Right, oh, yeah. it's it's all right, mate. They, they, they can't bite you. You know what I mean? It just 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 lick it on the neck. He's it, 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 gone. He's gone. All right. <laughs> this is the worst monologue anybody's ever done. Anyway, let, you know, let's do some gags. <laughs> okay, we'll pick up off the back of that. I don't know what I pressed there, but yeah, it is quite weird. I keep forgetting. Like normally we mute, don't we, and then come on to laugh. And now because we can see each other laughing, we're just laughing on mute. So it just yeah, sounds yeah. like Fudge's jokes are worse than ever. <laughs> like, he makes a joke and everyone goes. Yeah, you can, literally, you can literally hear the, the you know the uh, tumbleweed flicking across the screen. It's just like being in the pub with you. Oh. Uh, Alex, I'll come to you now. So obviously, for me, the biggest shock signing that we had, uh, Elias Kuchunga, uh, twenty-eight, arrived from Huddersfield. Obviously, we know him as the Note Man. Um, well done, Mark Rowan, for finding that video so quickly. And um, he scored three times last season. Originally joined from Ingolstadt. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> Close enough. <laughs> what do you think to that? Were you as shocked as we were about that, or did you kind of see that come in? I think so. I'd, look, journalists don't usually like to admit this, that they're taken by surprise by a, by a signing, but certainly, you know, me and Joe were just a little bit sidestepped on that one. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it was sort of all came in a bit of a whirlwind, didn't it? I think we were all expecting it's, it's been all right. <laughs> 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 oh, I'll have to put a clip of this on Twitter just so people know what we're on it's, about. It's still flying about. I can't get rid of it. Hang on. It's not going to hurt you, Ben. Carry on. It's a fly. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I think we were all expecting the, the Josh Windass signing to be announced. Um, and then all of a sudden, you know, Elias Kachunga has joined Sheffield Wednesday. Oh, bloody hell. Um, but, yeah, it, look, I think it, it could be a bit of a masterstroke. It, Sounds a little bit like, you know, it was it was maybe one that they were linked with and then maybe they weren't. And, you know, we're not really sure how that sort of manifested itself. Um, but, yeah, yeah, you know, look, if you if you think back, you know, a few years, he sort of was one of the, the, the blokes that really played a big part in Huddersfield going up and yeah. sort of burst onto the scene quite quickly. He's got that sort of championship pedigree. You know, you can – oh, he's all good. Um, you know, you can, you can read into the fact that, you know, he's, he's played a couple of years in the Premier League, so that, that sort of uh, experience and all the rest of it is there. He's, he's played quite a lot on the on the wing or sort of in the wide areas for Huddersfield. Um, and Gary is, that, is that what it is, Alex? Because I, I was going to ask you, um, his his record in terms of being up front is pretty piss poor of, of recent years. Is it because they've not been playing him up front? Yeah, it, it, it looks that way. I spoke to a couple of blokes from who sort of cover Huddersfield, um, one from sort of the radio side and one from the written side, and they both said the same thing, that... So that first season, I think, did he get, Joe, you might know, 16 or 17 goals in that first season when, when he'd come over and they got promoted? I think he got 13 in the league. Is that right? Right, okay. And uh, his, record, his record when playing up front is actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, if it sounds very much like Monk's going to use him as a striker. You know, he hasn't got many options, has he? Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how he gets on. And and like I say, it's, it's a bit of a change for him and an opportunity for him to get himself going again. The, the the one thing that you can always tell from from a, a sign in is you know the reaction from the the fans of the the club that he's come from um, 
And so they both came on the same day, but I'm sure I'm sure we'll get to Josh Windass, but you know, contrasting really in, in, in the two fans. And um yeah, it sounds very much like Kachunga will will run through brick walls for, for whoever he's playing for. And I'm sure that'll go go down with uh, with Wednesday. So when you were uh, when, sorry, Vic. I, I just, I, this. No, I know. I just need to ask this question because while we've got Joe and Alex here, it, 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 it's, it's a question that I know Aussie Owl always used to bring up. Now, you know, as part of your um, induction into working for the Sheffield Star, do, do, you, uh, do you have to tick two boxes? Do you have to get the player in the initial interview to say the word massive? And do you have to use the word swoop every time? Uh, swoop is, I think that's just across sports journalism. You've got to do it. Like, it it's not an article with other words, swoop. Um, yeah, yeah, and, and the massive genuinely because I've had this in the back of my mind. I sort of learned quite early on that this was like a thing, and everyone thought it was. It, you know, they, I they definitely think we ask them to say it. I definitely yeah. ask them to say it. They, 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 they just use it. Just Sheffield Wednesday are massive. That, that's. Just Do you think it's thing. like Trevor Braithwaite's briefing notes before they go into the first interview? <laughs> Make sure you say massive. Yeah, yeah, he's got it written on the written on the back of his clipboard, like just here, like, you know what I mean. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know about Joe, but I do like sneaking that one into the headline as well. You've got to get, you've got to. I get tell you what, do, do me a favour, then, lads. Can you can you like you know get a thesaurus or summer and think of as many different words for swoop without using the word swoop? So, well, so over the years, related. yeah, yeah, they've got to be ornithology related, like you know what I mean. They've got you know. Good you know, to aerial attack. Like, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, Alex, I just a quick one. We're talking about personalities and stuff earlier. Um, mm. And obviously saying that Che Dunkley stood out as, you know, got a good personality, quite a strong personality. Kachunga was a bit of a Mardi twat with that note, wasn't he? Do you think that that's a sign <laughs> of what he is like? Because he didn't laugh that off at all, did he? No, he didn't say that well. Um I, I think, from what I gather, because I, I have the sort of same opinion. He's always sort of come across because he's—I think he's a bit of a miserable bastard with with referees and stuff as well, isn't he? Mm. Um, but yeah, I think from from what he said, we've not had the chance to—I don't think anyone's had the chance to properly interview him yet from the media side. So hopefully, that might come this week. But um, yeah, from what I can gather, he, he's sort of salt of the earth, sort of you know runs around a lot, works hard, good bloke to be around, and and yeah, like I said before, the the reaction of. Huddersfield Town fans and just wishing him well, mm-hmm. you know, especially to another Yorkshire club, you know, it can go one or two ways, that sort of stuff, can't it? And uh, he's also a very good looking man. Oh, yes. Oh, I've loved <laughs> this transfer window, Joe. I have, honestly. I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not shy to say it. Like, there's a picture that Wednesday posted of him in training today, giving a little smile to the camera, and he's he's got a look about him. I'll give him that. The look he's it's got about him, Chris Rock. He, he is the absolute spitting image of Chris Rock when you look at him, isn't he? Like, you know what I mean? Is that too old for me? Because I, I don't know that now. <laughs> Shut up, man. Shut up. <laughs> no, you, cannot, you, do not, you don't know Chris Rock? Yeah, I'm not massive sure. anyway, but... You're, you're why a you do the podcast? I know, mate. I know. It just, it, it just upsets me from week in, week out. Like, honestly, I, 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 I'll chuck in an 80s reference and he's sat there stony bloody faced every week. Uh, Chris Rock is an 80s reference. Chris Rock is a 2000s reference. In it. 90s. But then what you can't see is that Fudge is sat there moaning about being old with his cat in the background and his mop and his kettle. <laughs> <laughs> and his strepsils. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, it yep. just thumbs you up that fudge. Yeah, I'm right. just uh, you can't see Danny, but I'm feeling little horse. Uh take that as you want. <laughs> Didn't need the hand movements. Uh, Steve, I'm gonna come to you now. So 
save the best for last. As Joe said, we've had a very attractive transfer window and Mr. Josh Windass, God bless those grey shorts. God bless Elevate Sportswear. <laughs> Obviously, we've brought Josh Windass back. How are you feeling about that? It wasn't a massive shock, was it? We were kind of expecting it. They threw a curveball with Kachunga, but it was always going to happen. He's spoken quite openly about wanting to come back. How do you think that's going to go? Yeah, he's, he's, he's spoken about it, hasn't he? And um, obviously, he, he was with us earlier on in the season. Um, obviously, for the for the for the the, the eye candy, it's a it's a good signing. Um, <laughs> my only reservation with it is never look at a man, never look at his dad. That's what my mum's reservation <laughs> is. My is that reservation, yours, Steve? Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's another. That, that's a story for another podcast. <laughs> my only my only thing about it is. We, we've talked earlier about Bashiru, we've talked about Luangu, we've talked about um, Bannon, and it seems to be that we've got we're, we're going to have a style of play that um, that you know we're, we're going to try and stick to and 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 get get going. I don't see where he fits in terms of a starting eleven. Yeah, we invited him on. I know. Sorry, that was some actual football. there, kids, stay tuned. <laughs> I think I think for me the thing with the thing with Josh is that. He's incredibly Josh. versatile. I think he's um, he, he can play in a lot of different positions, and I think that the nice thing with him, you can play him as a ten, you can play him as a striker, you can play him out. So I think he's a he's a player that, even though you look at the system and you go, there isn't necessarily a natural fit for him. I think in the squad, he's a good player to have around. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more with you. I don't. I don't want to come across like I'm being negative. I think he's a good signing. I think he's you know he. he he clearly wants to be here, and I think in a season like this one, where we're talking about minus twelve at the start of the year, uh, at the start of the season, um, you know, backs against the wall, every, all the noises coming out of the club are about trying to create that siege mentality, the positivity, and so forth. Just from a personal point of view, for him, I just worry that if he's wanting to come here and be the regular week in, week out, is that versatility then going to become his downfall? And I think when he was here at the start, of the you know, at the back end of last year, and we got him in on loan. I think that was a little bit of a downfall for him, you know, uh, uh, last season. He didn't have, uh, you know, a, a natural sort of slot in that starting eleven. He was he, he was played deployed as a ten. He was deployed as a striker. You know, he played in the middle of the park. Where did, where is he going to fit in our starting eleven? And well, if, at the moment, up front. Well, this is it. But you you reckon on Saturday he starts on Saturday. He plays up front. He doesn't score. I'm not saying we will, but you know, we, we we don't manage to score. The first thing that people will do, they'll get on social media, they'll go, "Oh, it's Windass's fault. What a crap signing!" And that's you know, that's not what we need. Do you know what I mean? Um, I, I I do feel though that when we did put him out and out up front, probably the only time that we saw that properly were against QPR. Um, oh. We probably saw the best of him, and he could have had three or four that game. And while he didn't finish him off, you're right, Ben. Best of him. Let's not forget that his, his record is actually quite good in terms of goals to game ratio. It's, yeah. it's actually not too bad. I mean, for us, it's three and nine, which is oh, one goal in every three, which, you know, given our strikers, is, is absolutely blood, bloody phenomenal. But, like, if you look at his goal his goal ratio with the Mickey Mouse football north of the border, it's it's very good. <laughs> And um, and I feel like I, I feel like sticking him up front might be the best position for him because I, I you know we haven't, we haven't got no strikers for one I mean that's you know that's job one there we've got that box ticked um, but yeah I I, I think he I think he's going to be a, a good signing if you could see what I can see when I'm cleaning windows 
<laughs> um, but that's why he butted in, Steve. That's all he wanted. <laughs> Obviously, again, we've picked apart Wigan Athletic. Do we? Do we have any sort of? I don't know. I think the last year. Obviously, we all know we all have our personal opinions on the EFL. Um, but do we think like this last year, we kind of do you have any guilt as a Wednesday fan for what like kind of picking apart teams that have fallen to it? I just have sort of preempted guilt in that someone's going to do it to us in a year's time if we're not careful. I think that's probably the case for any club, though. It, it could happen to anyone. It, it, it's dog eat dog at the end of the day. And. <laughs> I, I don't really feel guilty about it. It just feels like someone's dropped like loads of like toys and loads of smashed, and we've just gone in and gone, "Oh, that one's still all right. I love that, and I love that one. That one's all right." And this poor kid's just left sat there with a load of shit toys. Do you know what I mean? Like, the, the if you've ever been to a, uh, a car boot sale at Bassett Law, that's pretty much the best <laughs> thing I've ever seen for. Like, you know what I mean? I did feel a bit like that when they said that we've had a bid for Windass rejected. Now I thought, how much have we offered for Wigan? Yeah. <laughs> some tuna, my friend. <laughs> right, okay. Another, like, let's go on to other signings of the season. Um, Joe and Alex, I'll come to you two guys because we have absolutely no idea on this front. But backroom staff, obviously Gary Monk's now had his chance to make his place. Um, we all know Dan Fudge's thoughts on Lee Bullen, so we'll leave that one aside. Um <laughs> But who who has he brought in? Obviously, we know who James Beattie is. We're very aware of him. Thank you, Gary. Um, but also, like, who are these other people? Like, what are they? What's their record? What have they done? Do they always follow him? Because we haven't got a clue. The the one new one that he's not had before is, is Andrew Hughes. Uh, we, we've not... Joe, have you worked out whether it's Andy or Andrew yet? Because I've, I've been jumping between the two. I, I'm just going on on what they've they've called him, so I'm going Andrew. I don't like shorten people's names unless I know for sure. So you might be you might be one of those people that hates being called Andy. Yeah, well, he's been called it about three times in the start already by That's me. A fair ben. point, Jay. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Andy Hughes uh, was where he he's went around the leagues. I think he's most sort of known for his time at Leeds. Mm-hmm. If we're allowed to say this word on this podcast, I don't know. If we're allowed to say Leeds. Um, but if they're not around out. anymore, they're irrelevant to us now. Yeah. We don't care. Uh, so, yeah, he was club captain there. Interestingly, when they had their 15-point deduction and managed to sneak into the playoffs and get to the player final. So, um, yeah, good sort of experience to bring that in. And I'm sure that was part of the part of the thinking. But, yeah, his coaching pedigree is pretty good. Sort of been around a little bit. He's never worked with Monk before. Um, he worked quite closely as first-team coach with David Wagner at Huddersfield. Oh. Interestingly... Uh, both Kachunga and, and Brown that have worked with him before. It sounds like he uh, he's played sort of a bit of a, a part in in getting in, getting them in and picked up the phone and spoke to them and stuff. Um, so yeah, seems seems quite. If you look back his sort of back catalogue of, of YouTube videos when he was at clubs like Charlton and stuff, he was doing uh, like funny videos and stuff. So he, you know he's a pers- bounce, bubbly, bouncy personality to have around and seems to have settled in quite well. That you know the players that I've spoken to in the last three weeks, I'm sure Joe's the same. Uh, have all just had wonderful things to say about all the new coaches. They're not exactly going to come to us and slag them off, are they? But, well, um... no, you're not really going to do that, are you? <laughs> I just think it's quite interesting. We've mentioned on the podcast before about this new like pedigree of managers that are coming through. So, obviously, there's always been your big guys. There's always been your big Sam, you know, your Sir Alex. There's always been those sort of figures floating around. And now we are getting to the point that, as a generation, not including Fudge, because obviously, but... <laughs> 
<laughs> as a generation, we are seeing managers come through who we have seen as players as well. And we so we know what they are like as a playing style. Because when I look at people like even Steve Bruce, I don't have any recollection of him playing at Man United. Like he's just one of the old school for me. Whereas there are obviously Gary Monk's well, played for us. Uh, obviously, BT, we all know who BT is, but I think it's quite interesting now that we are seeing this younger group of people coming through. And do you think with a younger squad as well, that might help? Yeah, I think so. You know, that, that was sort of talked about a little bit that, that you know, these modern methods, you know, Daryl Flahaven is the, the new goalkeeping coach. Uh, I spoke to, oh, I can't pronounce his surname, the Greek fellow who played in golf for Hartlepool in 2005. Conta, oh, hang on. Conta, um, yeah, Conta, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 that yeah, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. We had a beer together once. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah that's how um, I know who he is. <laughs> but he uh, he was at uh, Borough with Monk and, and Flav and sort of spoke about the fact that they do loads of uh, video analysis stuff, like films every training session, all the rest of it. So yeah, it's all sort of the, like this step into this modern way. And obviously, we we, we don't know really how, how Weaver and Bullen went about those things, but I don't know if. Necessarily, they would be sort of as as sort of you know modern in, in certain methods and all the rest of it. So yeah, it's, it sounds like they're settled in well and, and people have taken it to it well. Uh, Joe and and Cameron have both spoken about working with the with the new goalkeeping coach and yeah, all, all rosy in the garden. I think on that point of view. With the, with that one, um, with that one, Alex, the um, the goalkeepers that we've got, we had Mark Crossley on here a few a few months ago on uh, talking to him about about the keepers when he was at the club. And uh, and he was saying that they, they wanted to get rid of one of them, if I remember rightly. That's what he said. That the, the club was going to drop one off, and uh, and and Big Norm said, "No, keep them both. They're going to be both quality keepers." And over the last couple of years, they've been shit. So, like, <laughs> <laughs> do you reckon? Do you reckon that Nicky Weaver? You know, be honest now. Like, do, do you reckon Nicky Weaver just wasn't really cutting the mustard in terms of developing these two young lads? I think look, we we're not on the training field, so and and they they speak very highly of of Nicky, and we've got no reason to sort of believe that that maybe you know he, he wasn't you know the best thing since sliced bread or or the other way around. I think the difficulty for them both is they haven't played that much football, and when they have, they've been in and out, and you know even last season, you know, Cam did it for a long time, and then Joe got these nine games at the end, and it's all been a little bit in and out and, and they've not been able to to really put the name to it. It's difficult when you when you come in for a short amount of time and there is a mistake in there, mm. you know, it's very difficult to come back and, and you know, when you're the number two, you, you don't get too much time to set yourself much of a reputation. So, you know, I mean, from, from what, everything that, that Gary said over the last few months, that's the one thing that, that he really has stood by, that these two are the number two and, and Westwood's a thing of the past and, and the club's moving on and, it's over to those two to to battle it out, and I, I think that's quite exciting. I mean, you know, to, to have two keepers, not not many clubs at, at this level have, have got two keepers with the potential. You know, obviously, he needs to they both need to stop making the mistakes that they made, and they know that as well. Um, but certainly, with that sort of backing as well, you know, really, really public backing from your manager. Um, well, it, it's interesting because it? with their position, it's pretty much the only one that that Gary said they're not looking for. You know, he said that they, they, you know, they're always looking to improve. They're always looking to bring in people in different positions. But from everything that he said, with 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 Cam and Joe, he's just like these are my goalkeepers, and you know, we move mm -hmm. forward with these two. And even like Alex, Alex was asking him, uh, was asking Gary after the Warsaw game. You know, he said that even 
even Darrell can't really help him out at this point. He's not really helped him in terms of helping pick which one is starting because they're so close. Ideally, you know, you want a little bit of a gap between your keepers. You don't want two keepers who are exactly the same age. But um, if it is something that spurs them both on to, you know, to kick on and, and, and keep improving alongside each other. And for all, from everything I've heard, you know, they've got a really good relationship, the two keepers, and they, they do push each other on. Um, I think we've said before as well, there are certain positions in football and I think midfield, you can get away with a lot more. I think you can get away with a lot more mistakes, but you look at your centre-halves and your strikers and your goalkeepers. I slate Jordan Rhodes every other week and rightly so, let's be honest. Um, but your goalkeeper only has to wait, make one mistake and they could have lost you the game. Same goes for your centre-half. So if your strikers aren't scoring, they, in theory, have lost you the game. Whereas your midfielders can sort of blend in and fade away. Um, so it is interesting to see the pressure that's being put on them and whether they can withstand that. Especially because they're both local lads. I mm. think there is... The, I, this is obviously just my opinion, but I I feel like we at Wednesday we haven't necessarily given enough credit to the, you know, the one-of-our-own situation. You know, we over the years... We haven't been as as lucky as a lot of other clubs have been in terms of the amount of kids who've come through the academy. But you look at someone like Liam Palmer. Um, I mean, Liam Palmer was assisting for for Scotland last night. He's the only international in the entire in the entire club. He's a Wednesday eye. He's come from workshop. He's worked his way through the ranks. But I just don't think he gets anywhere near the the sort of credit that he would get if he was a, a Man United youngster who'd come through the, the ranks at Man United. Do you know what I mean? You're taking the words out of Steve's mouth there. He says yeah. that every week and Dan says, no, shut up, man. He's in review. <laughs> oh, yeah, couldn't agree more. Le- Liam Palmer was <sighs> bloody rubbish, right? Oh, and, then, up, and then all we did was get it to a minimum level. Oh, I can red. Look at that. Go on then. Mute Dan Fudge for everyone in the call. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> just going, just going back to what Alex touched on earlier with um, with the coaches. I, I do think it's very interesting, and I don't. Obviously, Gary's got his guys that he works with, um, but as it happens now, Gary, Daryl, James, they, they all come in and they've got experience of dealing with a points deduction. Like, and this is yeah. not this uh, when he joined Wednesday. Obviously, this was never at, back then; wasn't on the horizon. But the fact that basically his whole coaching setup. His whole team has, has got point has, has got sort of a experience dealing with this situation. I think that's I think that's really good for us now because I think it is a situation that could could break people. I think as a coach, if you go on a little bit of a bad run and you know you're already on sort of you know hopefully minus nine or whatever, um, you, I think it's something that could really sort of break things down. But the fact that they've been there and not only survived it, survived it comfortably. You know they've they with with Leeds with 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 Andrew they they had a really good season after their points deduction and 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 with Birmingham they were comfortably mid table after theirs um, and I think that's that bodes really well because it's not a they're not venturing into this sort of unknown situation that they're having to deal with. Joe, I've got one one last thing about the backroom staff. I want to pitch you an idea here, right? So let's rewind it back to like the mid noughties and you're sitting down. It's Sunday night, Sky One. Harchester United, right? And the the team are struggling. They've got a minus 12-point deduction. They can't score a goal for shit. They've got Jordan Rhodes up front. On the bench is the ex-prolific Premier League striker, Mr. James Beattie. Could that not win BAFTAs? I mean, come on. That is, that's written in the stars, surely. I'm not You've against it. it. I won't lie. 
Look, I, I've so I, just a, just a sort of sidestep a little bit with in South Africa. Um, there was a, there's a team called Bidvestvitsia, and about four years ago, um, you might remember a guy called Andre Orensi. He was a goalkeeper for Fulham um, a while ago. But, yeah. So Andre was a he was a goalkeeping coach at, at Vitz at the time. And they had a bit of a goalkeeping crisis, and he's now the oldest player to ever play in the in the, in the South African PSL because he had to come on, he had to he had to play. Um, I remember Sean McCauley putting himself on for the under eighteen. He had to come in, especially because we haven't got a number nine. Yet. Yeah, I mean, he's only what forty eight, something like that. I think it's not that old, isn't it? Brilliant, bring him on. I think that's fantastic. I think that is a that's no, a season. Yeah, finale. and I like can say that that number nine has not been taken yet. I think he'd look great in purple. James Beatty, the Dragon Slayer. You heard it here first. That's going to happen. Right, so obviously it's been a bit of a weird slash fucking shitstorm of a year um, in all senses. Football, minus 12. Um, temperatures, 36, apparently. Uh, so obviously COVID has rampaged the nation. Uh, Dan Fudge, there's been so many changes. Do you want to go back or are you quite happy not going? I, oh, God. I, it, it's difficult to, to give it two shits, isn't it? Like, it really is. I, I really found it like like when it, when when the football came back and then came back round again not three or four weeks later, I was like, I've just we've just finished last season. I'm like that woman when, uh, when we called another... Oh, not another one. Oh, not another one. This is ridiculous. You know what I mean? But then this one's like some... You know, you know. Imagine, imagine if you went to a wedding and you sat there at a wedding and you're going, "Oh, this is going to last five minutes," and it does. And then she, and then, and then, you know, five months later, she's marrying somebody worse. You're like, "Oh God, this is even worse." Like, I like, I love weddings, <laughs> just like I love football. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, it's a, I know that's a weird analogy, but you'll get what I mean. We've all been to them weddings, but you have to keep your mouth shut. You put thirty quid in an envelope for a present, like you know what I mean. <laughs> Not by my toaster. But um, but yeah, I I must admit I'm finding it really difficult. However, I I am really encouraged by the business we've done. Recruitment's been an issue of ours for for a couple of years because well, Dave Ponchanso we don't know what he's doing. But <laughs> the but re recruitment uh, I'm really comfortable with. I, I think we've actually been quite sensible. And and, and you're right, I do have that little uh, that little twinge for Wigan. Sorry, lads, because they they have absolutely been thrown under the bus by their um by their chairman and, and then to. Or their owners, as it were, and to for us to go in and go, uh, you see him, or you can't afford. Yeah, we'll have him. Oh, we'll have him and all. You know what I mean? It, it's it's a little. It, it does seem a little bit, you know, a little bit unfortunate. But you know, I, I'm really happy with the recruitment, and and I kind of I'm looking forward to see a new look Sheffield Wednesday, and with this new backroom staff and this, uh, you know, like you were saying about the. Uh, uh, the analysis side of stuff and the videos and all. I, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing something that's a lot more, that's going to show a lot more guile than the nonsense that we had to go and witness down at Brentford when we got spanked five nil just before the just before the uh, the pandemic hit. So I, I I hope it's exciting and I think all that the Wednesday fans can hope for and I think a lot of them will agree with me is that we just want to see some fight. We want to see some drive. We want to see some people just absolutely bleed for the shirt and uh um, you know if, if, if you know if we get that then great if we don't win every game we're not going to win every game like but i just want to see some bite and some fight i don't want to see cameron dawson get chipped from 10 yards out and he's six <laughs> foot three i don't i don't want to see I think we're all in agreement when we just want to see for sarah deli bashiru barging people over absolutely he's bodied two people already and they're absolutely mulling them both 
Leicester and Wolfsburg. Yeah. Steve, if you take it away from a footballing perspective, like how do you feel about going back into a ground, obviously in the midst of a pandemic? We we don't know when it's going to end. We don't know when it's like when it even started, do we? Let's be honest. So when do you feel comfortable doing that? Like, will you sit and wear your Alex Miller mask at all opportunities? Like, how how are you feeling about going in? It's 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 a bit different for me because um, obviously the job that I do, I'm I'm in the middle oh. of it as is. So you know, um, I'm I'm currently standing in front of nine hundred ninety-nine thousand odd students, um, and seeing how it works day to day, and seeing the you know the practicalities of it all. Um, I personally don't. I'm, I'm you know, for me personally, I I, I want to go back, and I think they you know, a phased return to football is something that you know we can manage if we can manage all the other sort of economical things that we're doing in terms of the shopping centres, in terms of schools going back, in terms of, you know, the, the, those things that are keeping the economy going as well. Um, surely we can find a way to, to do it in the right way. Will it be the same environment? No. Um, but, you know, from my point of view, I think it's, it's something that we need to do to, to, to try and get it, you know, just get that feel back. Um, I wouldn't have any sort of issue personally with going back into a football stadium. Um, provided that you know it was done in the right way with the right um, precautions being taken, the right social distancing, and I know that we talk privately, obviously when we're you know not on this when we, we we've got the group. Chat. You or, or... <laughs> well, sometimes, sometimes we do, <laughs> um, you know. But we 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 all feel it, and we're all we're, we're all very alert to the fact that you know this is something that you know is current, and we want to get to the end of it as soon as we possibly can, but. I just feel that with everything else that is going on in society, you know, surely we can get to a way where we start to phase back and, and, and get back to people going back to football. I'm really looking forward to uh, to January. I really hope it's done by January because we've got uh, Bournemouth and that's 20 minutes down the road. Oh, from yeah, we can all stay at Fudge's house. We can all have a big tear up round at Fudge's house. Come down, lads. Honestly, it'd be, it'd be banter. I'll get some dark folks in. We'll have a right laugh. He lives next Look, to the John I'm, Terry Centre. If I'm being really selfish... Like I did not envisage my first year working like covering Sheffield Wednesday in a in a load of empty stadiums. I've already missed last season. Now, if this season goes on for much longer with nobody there, because from a purely uh, uh, selfish perspective, it's it's not great. I want to. Me and Alex have got loads of plans. We're gonna go like testing pies. We got loads loads in store. So I tell you want, what, I'm gutted. Ashes in here. Ash is an absolute pie master. Oh, he, loves pie. He, lo he loves pie feedback. He does Ash? Review every half time. <laughs> <laughs> I think coming at it from like personally. Um, so obviously it's been quite well documented. My dad's been quite ill for a few years now, um, and he actually he's got MS uh, quite badly, and so he's been shielding since. Well before he was told to shield really um but he requested that i set up the bubble so that for me shows that you know like my dad misses he cares about three things in life is wife and daughter we kind of third second is the gym which he can't go to yet so we bought him a row machine and first is sheffield wednesday um and i think for him to say that that gave me that bit more confidence so we've signed up as a bubble of three i don't know what that means i don't know if it's going to happen when it's going to happen we are a bubble in real life so uh, we're doing it legit but i think that for me has given me a bit more confidence to go back in um because i i was quite ill before christmas um with what they said at the time was severe pneumonia who knows what it was so i've been super careful because if it was pneumonia 
I'd die if I got COVID. But if it wasn't, hey, I've got my little antibodies floating around. Um, so, yeah, but Alex, what has it been like? Obviously, we've all seen the videos of you in the stadium on your own with your cameraman, obviously, that <laughs> 50 grand a year cameraman filming you for the Sheffield Star. Um, yeah. how, how has it been? Has it been really weird? Has it been, have people been sticking to it? Because obviously, you know, you see Philip and Holly hugging through a shower curtain on this morning. You think, you know, Did they steal that idea from you, Vic, by the yes. way? I meant, I meant to bring yes. that. That was your cuddle curtain, wasn't it? Yeah, and I stole it that. from a man off the internet, to be fair. All right, uh, fair it wasn't, wasn't my idea. I just got a shower curtain. It was you. It's all you. Yeah, it was me. My friend has registered cuddlecurtain.com. So, um, <laughs> but obviously, we know that that's probably not happening. Um, if you're working with people all the time, sometimes it is impossible to distance from people. Um, so are people sticking to it? Is it legit? Is it? Does it feel safe just yeah. being there with just a few people at the moment? Yeah, we're, we're, we're obviously well spaced out. It'll be interesting when, when fans are allowed back in because the majority of press boxes literally aren't big enough to hold the number of, of mm. riders that are there. So certainly on... Well, at Walsall, very small press box. Everyone sort of spread out into the into the stands. You can see that on the telly, can't you, with some of, yeah. the, some of the Premier League games and stuff. Yeah, because um, my dad were like, they've got bloody fans in there. <laughs> them, not sure. But yeah, people have sort of been quite good, really. Yeah, yeah, I've got, I've got to say, I'm just trying to think of any examples. There's some press boxes that you've got to sort of squeeze past each other, as you you know, like you do. Um, but yeah, no, it, everything's been sort of quite respectful and stuff. There's... The sort of changes, you know, you, you, you don't have any food, you, you're never inside sort of thing, you're, you're ushered in sort of through a back door at some stadiums and, and obviously the, the clubs have got a spotlight on them to make sure that everything's sort of done, done to the letter and all the rest of it. So, yeah, to be honest, I've initially, it was sort of, you know, football came back when every, everything was, was you know, still still a bit mad in, in society in terms of what you could and couldn't do. Um, and, yeah, it was a bit sort of nervy really doing it get, getting on the train and all the rest of it you sort of thinking mm. you know after after three months of being institutionalized on my sofa it was uh um yeah a bit apprehensive really but yeah no certainly since i, I feel perfectly safe i think it can be done uh, i think like stevie said you know it's it's a massive industry with a, with a lot of jobs going there's still people at wednesday who were on furlough you know that yeah. these clubs desperately need people you know we, we obviously sort of quite conscious talking about football as if it's just this sport and it's a load of millionaires kicking a ball about there's there's they're not the guys that lose the jobs you know you see any time a, a club gets relegated there's you know it's the people behind the scenes and stuff that that, that do sort of that suffer so yeah there are there's a bigger picture there's people to look after here and if it can be done um then then certainly you know it should be done as soon as possible as long as it's safe to do so of course I find that absolutely fascinating so Vic you're talking about your bubble right? Alex, you're yeah. talking about these socially distanced um, things that you're doing at your work. I, li I work in a pub game, and I genuinely thought that nobody gave a shit anymore. Like, genuinely, like, no, I, I find that really, it's really refreshing to listen to. Obviously, Steve, like, you know, working work in education, I bet, I bet there's a lot happening there. Uh, you know, we've got some arrows on the floor. That's pretty much it. We've got kids licking each other on the neck and chucking beer on each other. Like, I, I find it insane that. Like, it, it, don't get me wrong. It, it's nice to hear that somebody is still trying. But if we do get a second wave, I can absolutely, completely blame it on my industry. You know what I mean? I, I, I genuinely believe that the pubs, pubs and restaurants did come back a bit too sharpish. You know, because you've got people 
trying to social distance and then chuck alcohol in the mix. And you know, British people, we can't be trusted. Do you know what I mean? I, we are. I, it depends, doesn't it? I don't know if I'm just a fuddy-duddy because, like I said, I'm, I'm conscious of catching it for myself and because of my dad. Uh, and my mum's in her 60s, you know. She, don't tell her I told you that, Fudge. Um, All right. But I think I've been out on a day sesh with a mate and still with James, our very own James Marriott of Capital FM. Um, and I've not gone within a metre of him because also, right, I'm not being funny, I don't want anyone within a meter of me, pandemic or not. I don't see like how this is like an issue. Like unless you're next to somebody or hugging them or or like in their space, like a meter ain't nothing really, is it? Like my, I've had my, a friend come over. Prefers she prefers yeah. if we could stay in, in these rules forever, I think she'd be a lot happier than what she is currently. Oh, I would, because I don't even have to wax my chin when I go to the supermarket. It's brilliant. <laughs> Okay, let's have a look now then. So we brought out some new kits with the hashtag stand out. Oh, Alex Miller has left the meeting. He's, See you, pals. He's had no, enough. No, <laughs> he doesn't like the kit. Alex really doesn't like the kits. <laughs> um, so obviously we've brought... Oh, there we are. We've brought out these new kits. Um, there was a bit of a mixed reaction on social media. Um, I really don't look at any other social media apart from Twitter, to be honest. Uh, I tend to avoid our hashtag, funnily enough. Um, but there seemed to be a bit of a mixture. I at first thought they were all right. I then saw them live at Walsall. And as I've mentioned, grey shorts, ladies, thank you. Um, but I think that awake, it's really smart. And I quite like the pattern in general. Does I'm, anyone I, I hate I'm, it? I, I'm very like very high up on the away kit fan club. Like I, I don't know if I'm as a journalist if I'm meant to go to the stadium in in a shirt, but I fully I fully intend to go and buy that that top when I get back. Uh, I like I love it. I think I think there is a uh, Ben Ben will be able to speak better. Ben, do you like it? I do. I do. Yeah. And we, that, that fulfills my point. It's a young that's shirt. That's what the wearing. It's a shirt for youth, and I, I'm definitely getting it because with the Rebate, I got the rebate bundle last season so you could watch iPhone. So you get your. Is it 30? Don't you think it's a shirt you could wear out and no mm. one's going to bat an eyelid? Yeah. Like, smart. I said that. It's kind of, it's yeah, not yeah. an out out shirt and it's not a, even going to Dan Fudge's bar shirt, but it is Nanan's birthday barbecue shirt. Isn't it? You could wear it to something like that and still look quite smart. Yeah, I also, I also think it looks quite smart with the Elevate logo. I know that they're, they're obviously in talks, they're in talks about the about sponsorships and stuff. And if the sponsorship don't come off, then it'll be Chancerio, it'll be Elevate. But I actually thought it looked really, I thought it looked dead smart with the Elevate logo on it. I think because it's monochrome, because it's all white, I think it just, so whatever they put on there, I, I do hope they go monochrome. Cause if it's, if it's all white, cause I like what they've done with the badge, you know, the badge is, is the same color as the shirt. And I, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm a big fan. I really like it. Uh, what I about agree. the home shirt? What are we thinking about the home shirt? I think, again, it's nice enough for me. It's Hard, not very it? different, but everyone's saying, oh, it's no different to last year. Well, you moaned when we wore fucking Ipswich's kit, didn't you? So, See, I like that one. Yeah, I did. I, I, I really you can't really go wrong with white stripes, really. No, you can't, you can't fuck them up badly. I'll I tell you what the issue was with the 150th kit with the, the Ipswich one. Like, Joe, you're a big cap guy. You're a cap fan. And I assume you've probably got a load of the uh, new era caps from, like, the NBA or the NFL or, you know what I mean, or the uh, or the baseball, yeah. yeah? Right. Look at the I'm stitching. Sure Look at the stitching on the logos. Do you know what I mean? The logos that you've got on the front of those caps, the stitching on it is sublime. It looks amazing. If you look back at that 150-year kit and some of the uh, – it's got slightly better over the years. It's bloody awful. Like, the quality of them 
is shite. And to ask for 60 quid, I, the design I love, don't get me wrong. I, I think the away kit is real nice. I've just watched the one from, uh, you know, the two-year-ago one, the, the one with the granddad collar on, the, the, that's very yeah. similar to the one we've just released. And all the stripes have run. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and it's I've now got blue. You need to get a colour catcher. I do, apparently I do. Will it work with Vanish if I drop it in or will Vanish bugger no, it No, you've, you've fucked it now. But in future, you just get these little sheets from Own Bargains, right? And they're like 99 right. p for a packet. You put them in, they're just like dryer sheets and they catch all your colours. They come well, out I can't like... just have a better shirt though instead of me buggering about. I'm a bloke who lives on my own. I have to pay a woman to come round and clean my toilet like. You know what I mean? I ain't got time for fuck you about with colour catches. I've got, to say, I've got to say, the, the Elevate kits are a lot better quality than the Sandico ones. The worst, worst one... With the 2014-15 Sandico one, my, we we in two washers. My bag yeah. is gone. Yeah, mine had. So I'm quite happy. I'm happy well, with this. Well, can Elevate is a classic sportswear brand slash drink. It is just the, it's the up 20, there with the best. The 2016 one, you know, you know the one we the one. I think it was the one after um, after we got to the the first playoff final, the second play the playoff semis, and it had the the logo was really big and plastic in the back. And if it was a marginally hot day, which it very often yeah. is in South Africa, <laughs> it would like stick to the back of your neck and you'd have to like peel it away from yourself. <laughs> oh, there's an image. Fudge's just stood up in his boxes and you're on about peeling <laughs> stuff away from yourself. So, um, Steve. Hello. Did you watch it on Saturday? No. No? No. You... All right, I'll leave you to it then. We, ben, we, I know we, you we, did. Alex, obviously you were there. Between you, talk me through that absolute fire fest of football. <laughs> that was just on the edge of your seat stuff, wasn't it? That was, I am glad. I am glad I used half a tank of petrol to drive to my parents to go and watch that. I'm buzzing. What What made it worse was the Derby game before and the England game after as well. That that just compounded it, didn't it, really? Um <laughs> I'm not going to moan too much. It was the second pre second and last pre-season game in my eyes. And I think that's how Walsall took it. That's how we took it. I think that's how most sides have took it throughout the competition. You've seen Huddersfield, Car uh, Cardiff, I think. They, they got like So many teams got knocked out. Rotherham knocked out by lower league. I love what you did there. Um, <laughs> you what? <laughs> We've seen Huddersfield get knocked out. Well, I've mentioned them first and then I'll move on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so many teams got knocked out by lower league opposition. It were just another pre-season game, really. See, it's all right for you to say that, Ben, because you had the opportunity to go and make a cup of tea, go and have a wee on your own toilet. <laughs> Alex had to sit through that shit. Alex? I got, I got a text from, about, from Joe on about 70 minutes and it woke me up. <laughs> <laughs> There was a good 15 minutes there. I was doing everything but watch the football. Yeah. Um, no, yeah, look, I, I shouldn't say I'm the luckiest boy in the world doing what I do, but there are some afternoons where you think, oh, well, you know. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm very much in, in Ben's camp. We, we've had a thing at the at the start, sort of for years, that, that we're really negative with Wednesday. And we're all Blades fans and, and we hate Wednesday. And then sort of the last couple of games, me and Joe have sort of been quite positive about things. So, you know, it's pre-season, don't worry about it too much, everything will be right. And, you know, we, we get called happy clappers, we can't win. You know, it's just not happening. But, um, yeah, it's one of those. If you're looking at positives, that's that's two clean sheets now. You know, Leicester, yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Sheffield Wednesday are going to nil-nil their way out of this relegation. Oh, I think. Now, um, the yeah. one massive break. Mm. There were that and Matt Penny. Yeah, yeah, Matt Penny did stand out. And obviously he won player of the game. Is it what we call it? Play it man of the game? Is it? Man of the match. Man of, no, player, but what does James call it? Player of the match. Um, so obviously he was on the pitch for half an hour and managed that. Um, I managed to turn it around pretty much and there was quite a nice interview with him today that I saw the outtakes on Sheffield Wednesday's feed or one of your guys' feeds, I don't know whose it was, um, I'm not sure, but where the other players were kind of like jeering him on in the background and Dom Iorfa said something about you've changed man and all this, but do we do we see a future for Matt Penny then? Because obviously he's just, I mean, we talk about a shit Saturday afternoon, he's just spent a year under Jos Lahukai, like he's had it bad. Like, so to be come fair, back here. To be fair to Matt, I think scoring in the Hamburg derby will have been worth every single minute that yeah, he spent that in that football club. Even if nothing else happened in the entire time he was there, scoring a, scoring a goal like that in the Hamburg derby, that must have been wicked. And um, he tried it twice on Saturday, didn't he? It was like pretty much a replica of that goal. Nearly he scored Nedder as well. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you if you just said a year ago, before he went went out on loan, you've got Morgan Fox and Matt Penny. At the time, you would have you would have Matt Penny in, <laughs> wouldn't you? You, you would you would you would yeah. have gone straight Matt Penny, and you'd had him in last season. But he'll he'll only improved with being out on loan, um, playing fairly regular um, for for Saint Pauli. And I, I know I know Matt's brother quite well, Sam, and he said it. it the fact that Matt's only got um, a year's extension to his contract, he knows he's fighting for fighting for his future and not just the present. And the, he's wanting the ball to be in his court when it comes to to negotiating a deal next year and playing like he is doing. I, I said to Sam, left wing back really is made for Matt because he, he he's he's more attacking than a left back and he's not a left winger and. I think he can make that, that position his own because I don't think Kadeem Harris is going to be consistently a left wing back. If anything, I think. But that, that, what that does, Ben, is bring another question in in terms of the Adam Reach conundrum. I mean, I mean, he has lost a significant a amount of weight. Now, he's what? Sorry, he's a striker he's, now. Of course, he's he is. Yeah, it's forgot a five about stone that. Five-stone striker. Yeah. Five-stone striker. I mean, I mean, last season he looked like he had a hemorrhoid cushion stuffed up the front of his shirt, and, and it looks like he's been <laughs> ill now. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he did not. Yeah. Good. Right. I am sick of this. Right. We go on about women in the media and shit all the time being fat shamed, and I get it every day on social media as the screenshots to our group chat show you. But how dare you? The man is a professional footballer. I saw. Yeah, him so he should be thinner. And I tell you what, he didn't look that thin. He's obviously something has happened in between because when he was picking out flooring, he looked lovely. Um, <laughs> so something's something's gone wrong. But yeah, he but, has he been ill, guys? Like Joe, Alex, do you know? Because he really didn't look. He didn't look, he didn't look right. I don't think the grey helped either. The, I mean, the grey shorts did, but I don't think the grey shirt overall kind of helped with his complexion issue. 
He just seemed I mean, to just he was like in monochrome, wasn't he? I think you're right. I think you're right, Ben. I think that the left wing back role is correct. You know what I mean? I, I think that I think that Penny probably should be staking a, a claim for that role. But I mean, lads, what what do you reckon? That you know, does does Adam Reach have a have a future with the club? Like, like you know, let's let's use that term. I mean, it, can, can you? Unless there's a, a huge drastic change in form, what could have been at one point our most expensive club signing before Jordan Rhodes is now looking at being second string in a season where we're looking at fighting relegation. I think oh, yeah. I think Stevie mentioned it earlier with, with Josh Windass. Um, I think I think Adam is possibly um, a victim of his own versatility. I think the fact that you can yeah. you could you could effectively play him in practically every position on the field, other than probably right back, centre back, and goalkeeper. And I think he could do a job for you. And mm. I think that's possibly Adam's problem is that he he's he. There's no doubt in his ability. And now Gary is, is trying to look into a situation where he's trying to. He knows how good he is, and that he's got to try and find a way to have him in the side. Um, yeah, it's a really tough one for him. I, I think, as as Ben said, with with Matt Penny, I think left back is left wing back is a perfect position for him. Um, I've been really impressed with with Kadeem Harris since he started playing as a wing back, and I I wouldn't be surprised if against Cardiff he went he went with with Kadeem on the right. Because um, I think the thing that this impressed me most about Kadeem is is his defensive work. I, I didn't I didn't think he had that in him. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't think he had defense, that defensive. He's, he's yeah, like he's great. He's got Jorisel. Yeah, he's got a great he's got a great energy, like sort of a great sort of stamina about him, a great energy about him. And he's actually his timing is really good. From a defensive perspective, is is you know the timing of his tackles and his challenges and stuff is really, really good. So I wouldn't be surprised if we if we if we pushed him out out on a right. And it also means that he can he can whip him in rather than having to try to sort of cut inside as well, um, and you've got to obviously two correct footed players on each side. Um, but just just uh, just to sort of swing back a little bit, Fudge was mentioning earlier about about recruitment. When was the last time we had a Wednesday side where we where we were looking at five six development players who were vying for a starting spot? Mm. I, 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 You're talking back to the Tommy Spur days, aren't you? Probably. Yeah, I'm mentioning it against against Leicester, especially the last twenty minutes. There were there were about eight, eight eight of the side were it were basically under twenty threes, with maybe who were still on possibly Rhodes, or a couple of the others. Maybe eight or nine of the squad in the last twenty minutes against Leicester were under twenty three, and even Charles Egan and and such like that have just come from the eighteens. I think it's an exciting time, isn't it? And we, I guess that that for Dave Ponchanceri has got to show he's got to show a bit of sort of trust in Gary Monk on that respect because evidently we can't just go spending tuna books everywhere and buying our stadium, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So we've got to trust in the youth and the academy that we've got. Um, I think the academy setup at Sheffield Wednesday for the last probably 15 years has been fantastic. All right. The facilities themselves aren't great. I don't know what they're like now. They weren't great 15 years ago when like Ely and Palmer's, you Tom Spur, Mark Beavers, when they were all coming through, they were pretty shoddy facilities. I think the dome actually once took off once. Um, but, <laughs> but obviously now there's been a bit more money spent, but that 
sort of setup, albeit, okay, Sean McCauley left quite a few years ago now and has been replaced. And we've got Steve Haslam in who came through that himself. We seem to have that quite, we don't seem to give the club credit enough for that, really. Like we've said before, like how many times have we had this many players coming through at a young age? But actually the setup itself and the way that it's run as a business alongside the football club seems to be pretty fucking good. I think we it? need to sell one. I think that's what it comes down to. I think the minute the minute we start selling players for profit and we've got I think you look at the setup now and you you look at a Matt Penny, you look at an Alex Hunt, um they're players who have, you know, potential sell-on value and I think at that point when someone like a I'll use Alex Alex as an example because he's, you know, one that everyone's talking about. Alex comes through and say he moves on for 1.5 2 million pound in in a couple of years time all of a sudden people do start talking about the academy and they start talking about the good work that they're doing. Um, but but as long as they're, they're not coming through and, you know, some Wednesday nights being the way some Wednesday nights are, Liam Palmer doesn't really fit that bill because he still plays for us. You know, if Liam had gone and been sold for four million, it's a different story. Um, but because he's still with us, people feel like they can keep having a pop at him and, you know, sort of play down the work that the Youth Academy's done. But um, Steve is convinced yeah. he is Liam Palmer's dad, by the way. He's like, he's obsessed <laughs> with him. He's like, he gets really defensive over Liam Palmer. He could run over one of his twins and he'd be like, sorry, I didn't mean to. He thought he were in reverse. Like, he's... <laughs> he gets such a raw deal. And I know that I say it week in, week out when we talk about him. He's never going to be the best player in the team. He's never going to be the, you know, the, the, the superstar that we've got. But we've talked about it, you know, at various points tonight in a previous podcast. He's one of our own. We've, we, he's homegrown. He's come through. He's, he's Wednesday through and through. He's not Scottish. He was bloody outstanding last night for them. You know, the the, the, the touch, the crosses that he was putting in. I'm sitting watching, you know, the, him doing that. Take that <laughs> in his Scotland shirt, eating his haggis with a bottle of book fast. He's, he's getting the ball down and he's whipping those balls. In, and I'm thinking... Go back to the point where we were talking about the players that we've, we, we've brought in this season. Kachunga looks across. He, he loves getting his head on the end of a cross. If we can get people getting the balls into Kachunga this year, you know, we've talked about it previously. And, and I know that Huddersfield fans will, not, will say that he's not necessarily been prolific in the last year, but that's because he's been played out of position. When Huddersfield went up, he, you know, he scored a, a shitload of goals. Yeah, and also, you mentioned, you mentioned last night with the Scotland game, he was playing as a wing back. They're playing it. They're playing the back three at, at Scotland. So you know that was actually a perfect kind of um, dress rehearsal, I suppose, for if 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 Gary wants to use him in that right wing back role. Yeah, I'm 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 not going. I'm not here to to sort of be the advocate for Liam Palmer being the greatest player that Sheffield Wednesday have ever had. But if Liam Palmer is never less than a six. We, we can't see Steve's picture. It might not be John Barnes. It might be Liam Palmer. <laughs> he swapped John Barnes for Liam Palmer. Please do that one week and die. I'll get it commissioned. Um, I'll get it done. <laughs> I think the thing is as well, when we talk about youth setup, I know we've gone a bit off track here from Walsall, but as if we wouldn't. And um, like we've said, we, we haven't really raved about a youth setup for a long time. And actually thinking back, the last time that we had such a good youth setup was probably under Sean McCauley, when you likes of Tom Spur. Mark Beavers, you know, Liam Palmer, Sean McAllister. There were quite a few all came through at one point. And surely that's testament to Liam Palmer that he's the only one that we've kept on out of all yeah. that lot. You know, the others have gone. Yeah. yeah, I do. I think that, like you say, it's testament to him because usually the young players get a chance when the club ain't doing too well. And we've, we saw that with Tommy Spur and Mark Beavers and such mm -hmm. like back in 2007, eight when the club were financially on its knees. And we'd probably go see that now, not that. 
we're financially on his knees, but we can't go out and spend like we have done for the last three, three or four years. So, as you say, Liam Palmer, to come through at a time when we're going up from League One, usually you're not going to break into a side that's that's getting promoted and doing all right in, in the league above. So, yeah, credit to him. Let's also not forget who else is one of our own lifelong Sheffield Wednesday fan, Mr. Jordan Rhodes. Right. Anyway, guys, we're going to round up now because uh, we're not going to preview this weekend because Sir Fudge is running another podcast this week with Token Girl Holly joining the pod. Um, so I'm just going to round up now. Do we have any sort of predictions for this season? Like I had to write... <laughs> I had to write a piece for Sky Sports earlier today. And uh, I was asked, obviously, my hopeful prediction, well, only because it's Billy, isn't it? Uh, my hopeful prediction and my realistic prediction. So I believe that I went hopeful 14th, realistic 20th. Steve, come to you. Hopeful prediction. Can you come back? <laughs> okay. Joe, I'll come to you. Do you have? Where do you hope hey, we'll finish? Honestly, I I hope that we finish. So, any position which means that we're not going into the last five games worrying about what what division we're going to be in next season. So if that if that's comfortably been table, I'm all right. That but but if I'm being before we've obviously seen what's what's changed, the way that the systems changed, the players, the, the coaches. If we finish one point above relegation zone and we stay in the league, I will take that now. Yeah. Absolutely. Alex, can I come to you? You can. Yeah, exactly the same. Hopeful 20th, realistic 20th. And and win the League Cup, why not? I'll have that as well. Yeah, I'll have that as well. I'll stick that you in know, there. From mine and Joe's point of view, we, we don't want to go into Gilligan. You know, I can't imagine yeah. the press food at Gilligan's that great on a Tuesday night. You know, so, you know, keep us up. Keep us up. I'm not going to lie. I did not leave the son of South Africa to get a league one so just keep that in mind <laughs> yeah that's true when i went to wednesday we were floating around those sort of places and yeah not good half-time food absolutely yeah. awful uh, i once had pea soup which was nice mm -hmm. i don't think it was meant to be pea soup damn fudge yeah hopeful well, prediction hope well if i'm hoping for shit i want us to get promoted like you well, know what yeah, I mean? but come on <laughs> i mean hopeful but realistic like a, a realistic hopeful I, I i genuinely think if the new signings gel we could be looking at the top end of mid table like you know like the top half like 10th to 12th uh realistic it's probably going to be a 15th 16th finish uh again yeah, what are you on yeah, I, I think that the I think that this league specifically this year, the championship is absolutely bereft of quality. I think if you look at the fixtures in the um, in the league itself, the fact that we're looking at teams like Bournemouth and salivating with oh Bournemouth have come down, Let's, <laughs> fuck Bournemouth, they're an absolute provincial load of shit house that play in a shed. You know what you I mean? They just to, to be... come down to Bournemouth. Now you're trying to come, put us off it. Come down, it's lovely. The beach is nice. It's all over <laughs> newspapers. You know what I mean? But the uh, but like you know, Bournemouth, Bournemouth like Swansea, like uh, you know those, those teams that just like Blackpool when they went up into the Premier League, they're still small shitey clubs. Like you know, I, I'm not going to get excited about an away day at bloody Swansea. You know what I mean? I don't, I don't really give a shit. I'm bored of Fulham going up and down the bloody leagues. Like this, this year, this Championship year, there's a lot of dross. And uh, if we, you know, if we didn't have this minus twelve deduction, I'd be saying, look. You know, we should be doing very well and playoffs should be bare bloody minimum. Well, but yeah. be because we've got this minus 12 uh, deduction, I feel like, you know, 
we should be looking at mid-table because the the the, qual- the, the caliber of uh, team that's in this league is shite. I just think you know what. If, 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 oh, here he is with his prediction now. Go on. All right, bloody hell. Um, <laughs> if we if we'd have had twelve points taken off us this year, it's been a while since I've looked. I think we'd have gone down by four points. Do you know what mm. I mean? So mm. you know we, we can talk about this twelve minus twelve being a real issue. But I'm really excited. You know, I talk to my mates and, you know, you, you, you get the Wednesday chat and I'm really optimistic. Like Pudge has said, I, I think 10th is realistic. I do. Um, and why why not? Why can we not push up and do something that nobody else has done if we get things right? You know, you, you, you look at the, the noises that are coming out of the club. You know, you look at Monk, you look at, he's got his backroom staff in. Monk seems like a different person to me. You know, he, 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 you, you look at him in the press, you look at him on, you know, the the... The, the sort of press conferences afterwards, he's got a smile on his face. He feels, he feels, he looks younger. He feels it's like it's his club now, isn't it? He's actually yeah. managing it. He's got, he's, got his, he's got his team in, you know, he's, he's said thanks, but no thanks to Bullen and Weaver. You know, this is something that he's now shaping. You know, I don't know who else would have come in and signed the caliber of player that we've signed. You know, so it does feel like we're on, on, on a little bit of an upturn, but you know, if we if we're we're talking about relegation and I've seen is it four four two have said we're going to finish bottom of the league or the prediction was we were going to finish bottom of the league. That's why no one buys that magazine. My God, if we finish bottom of the league on a minus twelve, then we deserve to go down. If we get relegated this year, based on where we are going to be better this year than we were last year, absolute dead to it because he's got his club, he's, he's got his coaching um, team in, he's signed some decent players. Yet we've seen some players move on, and that's a conversation for another time. But I honestly feel that if, if he gets his, he has a plan with the squad, and we've moved the players on that we've been asking to move on, or saying that we needed to move on because we were talking about, you know, the same squad, it being the same squad for the last five years. It's not the same squad anymore. You know, we've lost Forestieri. We, you know, we don't know what's oh. going on with who. We've lost Kieran Lee, God bless him. I'm going to miss him. Oh, God, we've lost, I forgot about that. That's just upset me. Oh. It'd, be interesting, it'd be interesting to see how Stoke get on, though, wouldn't it? Well, yeah, you know, but... Do you know, why, there's a funny thing why, about Stoke. I was with my friend at, um, there's a restaurant in Sheffield called The Summer House. I don't know if any of you guys have been to it. Beautiful restaurant in Abbeydale Road. And uh, me and my friend were there and I said, it, she said, oh, this is quite posh. I said, oh, you always come in here. You always see footballers with their agents signing new deals. Saw Stephen Fletcher blatantly with his agent. I was like, fucking get in. Signed for Stoke that day, didn't he? So that was good. <laughs> Wish he'd have fucking choked on his burger. <laughs> He's injured, he is injured. He's injured. He is injured. Yeah, there is that. He's what? <laughs> no. Oh God. Ben, just, I'll come back to just you. Just on what Stevie said. Sorry, Ben. Um, he's Gary's basically done what every every single fan's been asking the club to do for ages, and yet yeah. he's still getting slammed for it by some people. Listen, mm. I, I, you know, I, I've, I've had a season of, of podcasting about. Wednesday and, and Gary Monk and I am not I was not a Gary Monk fan last year. Um, the last month or so, I'm on the Gary Monk train. You know, he's, he's... <laughs> what a train! <laughs> well, a football fan that's changed his mind, surely not. <laughs> but... Stephen Fletcher Ridge, me and He's look. He's here. He's making it. He, he's doing what he can. He's commit. He's clearly committed to the to, to the process next year. Minus 12, siege mentality. Let's get after it. Let's see what happens. 
I think if you walk into a lot of jobs, though, probably Fudge will probably know this more than anyone. Sometimes you have, you get left with a pile of shit that you've got to kind of turn around and switch people up and try and bring in mates that you've worked with before who you know are good and aren't just your mates. Like, And you come in and sometimes you'll be given by your boss's boss a name of someone that you've just got to get rid of. Mm. And you don't know how to do it, but you've got to bloody do it. Um, so I think that's probably what he's had to do. It's probably been quite uncomfortable, but I think it says a lot about the chairman that he's been able to do that. I think that shows quite a turning point in Chancery era at Sheffield Wednesday. Um, ben, hopeful and realistic. Hopeful, 10th to 12th, realistic 15th, 16th. Mm. I think we'll do all right. As, as we've alluded to, if there were going to be a season where you had to start on minus 12, with the teams in the Championship this season, it would be this season. Because, yeah. as we've said, the, the quality of teams, there's only really Watford that stands out to me with the signing Glenn Murray, despite Forestieri. him. Yeah, Forestieri's probably got to go there. Uh, Troy Dean is probably going to Yeah, who are owned by Watford. Good one. Yeah. Going, on, going on loan. Yeah, um, it's like we said. We were saying in our group chat earlier. It's not like they've got previous of doing that, is it? So. Yeah. Um. But but yeah, as, as I just agree really with, with what we've already said that I I think Monk has to be had to be given this season. People obviously calling for his head last season when he's took a job and pretty much had to do it on not on his own, but he hasn't had his own people, and now he's got that. If it doesn't work for him this season, that that that's that's down to him and and him only. I just don't think it would have been fair to to sack him last season without him having a, a proper crack at it, which he's he's going to get now. I think that was something we're all quite unanimous on last season as well as a podcast. We normally obviously have different views on things and different scapegoats and different like people who we support and don't support and we can like talk about things rationally um ish but i think we were all quite unanimous on the fact that gary monk needed a chance um and i think hopefully now we've been proved right okay guys well thank you for listening thank you to joe and alex from the sheffield star for joining us you can follow them on twitter at sheffield star also go to www.thestar.co.uk um and also did you know you can buy it in a paper it's a paper fudge you can actually go into morrison's like my nana and this is why nana buys it it has a crossword oh well bosh yeah, sometimes Joe Crad's <laughs> on page three. Um, so, guys, do remember to support local journalism, especially during these times. We will be back with you in the next few days. We're going to try and upload this somehow. We don't really know what we're doing, but then Fudge is hosting us in a couple of nights' time uh, with the rest of the guys. And so we will see you then. Thank you. And bye-bye. The Wednesday week. It's blue, it's white, it's effing dynamite. It's the 90th minute. You've got all your mates round. You've got your McNugget chair boxes coming down the left wing ready to go. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points back of the net. Lubosh. Automate delivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? 
At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com for more information. See you later. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.